I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everybody. Harry Carey here. We've got a great show lined up for you. This is Dirt and Sprague. I once took a pair of binoculars and stared at the sun for over an hour. Why would you do that? Curiosity, I guess. Heck, I'm curious like a cat. I have a couple of friends that call me Whiskers. With Andy Dirt Johnson. Hey, now, kid, we all know that the moon is not made of green cheese. Yes, that's true, Harry. But, but what if it were made of barbecue spirits? Would you eat it then? And Brandon Sprague. I know I would. Heck, I'd have seconds. And then, then polish it off with a tall, cool Budweiser. Dirt and Sprague on 1080 The Fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two, Dirt and Sprague here on this Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to everybody out there, to all that celebrate. Happy November 1st. Gobble, gobble. Dirt says, I give it 10 days, then I'm in Christmas mode. I said, okay, good for you. Mariah Carey's already out. She dropped a video where she's on a bike as like a witch. <laughs> like doing like a Halloween thing. Yeah. And then there's a calendar flipped to November 1st, and it's her starting to sing, All I want for Christmas. <laughs> Get into it, baby. Let's go. Holiday season, man. Welcome to November. I feel like you'd be really good at karaokeing that song. I'd do it. I'd, I'd crush that song. Yeah. It's a great. It's a great song. It gets played way too many times. The beautiful part about the start of Christmas season is that I'm not, I'm not tired of anything yet. But by the time Christmas rolls around, I'm tired of stuff. See, that's my concern with celebrating too early. And it's, I, it's I, a risk. It's a risk. Yeah, you celebrate too early in November. By like December sixth, you're done. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I still got three weeks of this. I've already heard that song. Coincidentally, I went to a uh, a bar restaurant off 82nd on Friday after I went to that escape room, and there was karaoke going on. Yeah. Asian-style restaurant I karaoke. I think I've, I've been to that place before. I know what you're talking about. Do you know about. what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. And uh, we got in there right as karaoke started, and a Blazer fan walked in because that was the night they played Houston. <laughs> and he walks in, and he orders a drink, and he goes, anybody else get a cow? And he puts on a song, and he goes, I'm going to kill this one. And the song starts playing. And it was the, uh, I don't know what the name of the song is, but as I swim through your veins like a fish in the sea, 
What's that song called? Follow me and everything will be oh, all right. Oh, it'll be all right. Yeah. Uh, like Uncle Cracker. Uncle Cracker, yeah, thank you. Is, yeah. And he starts singing this. And uh, I'll be the one that keeps you up at night. I don't know how else to say this than to just say it. So I'm with <laughs> I'm with a group of, of non-white people. I yes. was the only white person in this group. You're the only white in there. And I turn and I go, man, random song to pick. And they go, eh. And I was like, it's too bad the song's about heroin use. <laughs> And they all were floored. They did not know that this song was about heroin. And I go, listen to the words. And they listened to the words. And they all were just like, they just looked at me. And one of my friends turns and goes, white people, man. Damn white people. Can't trust them to do anything. But uh, he was not good in singing that song. No. He no. wasn't good at all. 97% of karaoke singers are terrible. And then you get the one that's good and it makes it all worth it. Yeah. When you get one like gal or guy that brings down the house, we, we had the night. person in our group. Dude, that's fun. That's a cool time. Everybody she gets into it. Killed it, man. Like, yes, this is great. Uh, we have a lot to get to. Brandon Marcello of Twenty Four Seven Sports is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. We got crunch time around the corner, um, and I want to talk about the college football playoff. We'll get to the Harson stuff. I, Seven McGee is transferring. This is big news to Duck fan. I don't know why this is big. Is it because of the stars that were next to his name as a recruit? Uh, I don't know. He's an interesting cat. He's been connected to Oregon for, like, he committed to Oregon when he was in, like, fifth grade. Before he, he was even, like, a, like he's been that in love with the program but for a long But didn't he transfer time. when Lanning got hired and then he, he did. untransferred? When, when Mario left, he entered, entered the transfer portal, and then Lanning got him to untransfer, and now he's retransferring. And he hasn't really been used all that much. No, he's just a, he's a kick-return guy. Yeah. I think whenever you get, though, a player that transfers, it, it ruffles feathers of fan bases. Really? I, I don't quite. The only part of this it. This is ruffling feathers? You guys are killing, and yeah, he's I not really doing Maybe much. ruffling feathers isn't the right way to put it. I think the vast majority of us are common uh, or or level-headed individuals, I should say, that look at it and say, dude, best of luck, man. Our, our Heisman contending quarterback, our star running back, our second string running back, our number two wide receiver, our, our best defensive back, some of our best defensive linemen, you know what they all are? They're all transfers. So we've gotten transfers. And that's the, like, the quit thing is kind of funny. It's like, well, you can't welcome transfers and then call the ones that leave your program quitters because by definition, then Bo Nix and Bucky Irving and Noah Whittington and Christian Gonzalez and uh, Chase Code, all these guys are quitters by your definition. You can't quite go that I route. just, I hate the term, first of all. It's weird. Like, largely the people calling these college kids who want to leave a program quitters are people that have quit in their life. <laughs> yeah, it's something so, at, at a job or at a relationship. I quit a job. Yeah. Who amongst <laughs> us hasn't quit a job, right? I've hated a job before and I've quit. Get me the hell out of here. I just, I, I think... once walked off a job without telling him I quit. I just <laughs> God, left. That's the dream, man. I, it was the bowling alley next to Cleveland. Just out. I'm out. The football field? It doesn't exist anymore. It's a target now. No, I know, but I, I knew the manager and she gave me a job and she ended up lying to me about what my job was. <laughs> I was basically a janitor slash lanes consultant. You're like spraying the shoes and, and waxing the lanes. I cleaned up something in the bathroom, and I just was like, this is not worth my time, and I literally just left. I'm out of here, man. I'm not doing this anymore. But I, I just think it's interesting. And then also, like, the portal. Like, for me, it sucks to lose a player that maybe you like or maybe you think, eh, that player's yeah. not bad. The portal's open the world, man. Yeah, like, you're going to get somebody that's just as talented. Yes. These guys are yes. – Not to, I don't want to demean uh, Seven McGee. I don't know what he's going to turn into, but – for for lack of a better phrase, these guys are like a dime a dozen, man. You're gonna go find another athlete that's quick, that's that's you know, uh, runs good routes that you can put in the slot that you can hand the ball off to. He was just returning kicks this year. He could not crack the rotation. There seemed to have been some issues with him and Bo Nix because he had a, a game a couple of weeks ago where he ran a wrong route late in the game, and Bo Nix kind of hollered at him on the field like 
It just it wasn't working. And the guy he's been through a lot in his personal life. I we need to get to a point though as football fans where we don't fret over guys leaving. Like I've seen Duck fans. I don't think Duck fan is. They, why are they fretting about this? He hasn't I, done I think much. Any, no, I think any fan base does in general. I don't know if it's just an Oregon thing, but I've seen it with like Dante Thornton, who's another one of their highly recruited wide receivers, and he plays a lot. He just doesn't get a lot of catches. He doesn't have a lot of targets on the year. Maybe he's not getting separation. Maybe that's it. Or Troy Franklin's just really good, and Bo Nix has a, a better relationship with uh, uh, Troy Franklin. And I've I've seen Duck fans be like, we got to get Dante Thornton the football so he doesn't transfer. It's like, dude, if he transfers, you just go bring in another wide receiver. Don't you have a five star coming in? You next got the year? number two wide receiver in the country that's committed to your next recruiting class, like, Jurion Dickey. Jurion right? Dickey, like you're, yeah. you know, you're going to be all right at that position. The only part of it that I will stand on a soapbox and say that I don't get the leaving in the middle of the season thing is weird for me. Like as a competitor and as a teammate, I don't know if I would be able to do that. And this isn't a shot at Seven McGee. This is just in transfer portal in general. It is kind of a shot, but I see what you're saying. Well, I just, there's a lot of people that transfer in the middle of the sure. season. He's just the most recent example. I don't like you went through spring ball, <laughs> you went through two days in fall camp. Like you've been in the locker room. Think about all all the things that, that team has been through with the death of a teammate before the season. You have four games left in the regular season. There's no. I understood it more when there are restrictions on like if you play a certain number of games, it doesn't count towards your eligibility, or you can transfer right away. Like that, I got. There, there's a free for all now. You can go wherever the hell you want, man. Nobody's stopping you. And you can play right away. You're not landing at a – nobody's going to – they can't pick you up next week. You're not going to go play next week. No, so. but does he become a recruit now? Basically, pseudo-recruit now where he's got the next three, four, five weeks for programs that as soon as full season's done, they pick yeah. him up. And I just – as a teammate, that would be really weird for me of, like, I'm all in with the team, all in with the team, and then there's four weeks left. We got something special brewing, and it's like, ah, peace, I'm out. But is it not – I mean, it was already kind of weird going into the year when he – basically left and then was talked into coming back. He that's had already made, left and come back. Yeah, that made more sense to me, though, because you had a coach that left, and it's the offseason, and he hadn't had a chance to sit down with a new coach, and the new coach sat him down, and he was like, all right, I'm going to stay. Right, but what I'm saying, though, is like... That even, was in the offseason. No, I know, and I, I hear your point. I guess I, I would look at it, if I was a teammate and he did that to me, whether I'm friends or not, I I just look at it and go, well... I mean, like you, you come in, you coming and you're going. So you're telling me you're going again. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm so surprised. You're like, no. okay, well, good luck to you, man. Like, no, I don't think anybody should be surprised. And this has been kind of bubbling behind the. I, I'm worried and not worried. I shouldn't say. I think Byron Cardinal uh, Carbo is probably going to transfer too. But but like, and if he does, that's fine. Like yeah. he's not in the rotation. You go find another running back. Like you're going to be okay. Your second best running back is from Western Kentucky. Yeah, nobody best... knew who Whittington was before he got here. No, Bucky Irving's a transfer too. So like, yeah. So what? Like, I yeah, don't know. the transfer portal's changed everything in the way I view things. Like you lose a guy by name recognition, you go, "Whoa!" But there's so many players in the portal now, and players at programs that, yeah, they weren't recruited by Power Five teams, and you don't know them, but like they're really good, and they develop, and they get their bodies right. And there's a lot of two and three star kids that turn into dominant college football players. Look at your backfield. Yeah, Irving and Whittington are absolute studs. Nobody's arguing that Cardwell should be playing over them. So if he transfers. Good luck to him. Maybe he'll find a great landing spot. Yeah. Yeah. The only part of it is just, I just, as a, as a teammate and competitor, that's just weird for me. Mm. That's the part of it that I wouldn't have the ability to do. Transferring in the offseason, you want to go get a fresh start. Totally get it. I, the, the main counter argument I understand is when people say, well, what if he get, what if he tears an ACL in the last three games and it impacts his eligibility that's for a next fair, year? That's like, a fair point. That's the one counter argument, but it's just, that's weird for me to be in a locker room that long and the season's not done. And he was playing. Like, it wasn't like he wasn't playing. He was returning kicks. He was getting in occasionally as a slot. Chase Cota's hurt. We don't know how long he's going to be out. He said he's going to be all right, but I imagine he's not going to play this weekend. So that's a big opportunity. You're going to beat Colorado by 8,000 points, and you're going to get a lot of looks and a lot of touches. Like, I don't know. That, that's the only part of it that surprises me. But at the end of the day, like, more power to you, man. 
Uh, good luck wherever you end up going. Well, where does Oregon need to be ranked in the playoff ranking tonight for you to believe there is a shot for them? And this playoff predictor model is very interesting when you break it down and who has a chance and who doesn't have a chance. So I want to get to that before we talk with Brandon Marcello uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour. Dirt and Sprague back with more on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Something to keep an eye on. The NFL trade deadline is today, and it uh, it's at noon our time. See where Brandon Cooks ends up. That's right. I forget about the name Brandon Cooks from time to time, which is, you know, I don't blame you for that. Houston's pretty awful, but uh, he is, he's been really good. But he's going to have an interesting career when you look back on that one. He, his stats are going to be there. I'm, I'm not telling you he's a Hall of Famer, and many people probably laugh at me saying that out loud, but if you go look at the stats, he's a 1,000-yard receiver every single year. Yeah, he's had two years in his entire career. Or no, yeah, two years his entire career. Uh, and it was the two years he was hurt. And I don't know if he'll do it this year because, well, he's kind of, he's becoming frustrated, I think, being in Houston. And I don't, I don't blame him for that. So Yeah, the last two years, though, he's been over 1,000 yards in Houston. Keep an eye on Brandon Cooks today. Uh, college football playoff rankings come out, so everybody gets all pissed and bothered by the first ranking. You are gonna, you're already mad that Tennessee's not number one. <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. I me. mean, it, but it's like not that big of a gap between Georgia and Tennessee. No, I'm not arguing that it is. I just, like, I don't know. This is the kind of stuff that frustrates me. I think Tennessee has the better resume than Georgia, and they deserve to be ranked number one. Did you also know since the playoff came about in 2014, there's only one time a team has been ranked number one in the first poll, uh, college football playoff poll. That ends up winning that, it? No, that ended up not making the playoff. Oh, only really? one time. It was Mississippi State, I believe, in 2014. Dak Prescott. With Dak Prescott was number one in the initial rankings, and they ended up losing a couple of games. They went to the Orange Bowl that year. Uh, so that's why some people have their eye on who's number one because there's a good track record of the number one team in the first poll makes the playoff. I, uh, I ran through the ESPN playoff predictor model, and I ran the numbers with Oregon, and I did the hypothetical Oregon wins out, Oregon wins the conference championship, their chances of making the playoff. What do you think that percentage is? Winning out and winning the conference championship game as I a one-loss team. I'd say 17%. Uh, you would be incorrect there, Bob. 
Uh, 50%. 50? 50. Wow, okay. 50% chance. What do you think USC's is if their scenario is the exact same? They win out and they win the conference championship. <laughs> well, based on it being USC, and if Oregon's 50, I'm going to say USC's 60%. Very good guess. 41. <laughs> uh-huh, they're lower than Oregon. How about lower that? than Oregon because I think they have the two-loss team loss to Utah, although Utah's also in this predictor model. That's true. Oregon's loss is to a pretty good team. This is when it gets funny. So Oregon winning out and winning the conference is 50% chance of making it. Let's take Tennessee. Okay. And let's say Tennessee has one loss. They lose this weekend to Georgia. And then wins out. Which means they don't go to the SEC championship. Unless Georgia somehow loses two of their last three games. So their only scenario here is (laughs) one loss, and their loss is at Georgia. And then their college football you know, SEC title game, they didn't make it. Tennessee's chances of making the playoff is 66%. This is the disaster scenario. Georgia, I, I, you'd run the numbers. Bama, Georgia, largely the same, although Bama is more susceptible because they already have the one loss. Yeah. But the nightmare scenario is there, folks, where the three SEC schools are been, all, like, yeah. above 50%. I've been trying to tell you. To make the playoff. And you might be right. Let me ask you, though. I want to keep it local. What does Where does Oregon rank? For you to say, okay, it might be early. They got Utah, they have UW, they have Oregon State. But if they can control their destiny, they've got a shot. Because I don't know I don't know where you're at, and I've largely tried to stay away from this conversation. I think it's a little too early for it. But, like, I'm just curious where, where they'll be for you to think, oh, they actually have a shot here. I will say it has been enjoyable that we're in, you know, week eight, week nine, whatever. Oregon's played eight games, and we haven't had to have this conversation. I've really enjoyed that this year. And I'm sorry to bring it up, but well, it's the first it's ranking natural, of the year. Right? Yeah, they're going to be the highest-ranked Pac-12 team. Uh, their only losses in week one. They've won seven in a row. They're going to win this weekend. They're going to get to eight and one, and then we'll find out what they do over the last three weeks, plus a potential Pac-12 title game. I, I, Oregon will be ranked eighth tonight. I, you can write that in Sharpie. I, you're not going to jump and be so ranked. They'll be exactly where they are in the AP poll. I just don't like who are you moving them ahead of as a committee member, and what's the reasoning for that? You're not ranking them ahead of an undefeated TCU, an undefeated Clemson, an undefeated Michigan, Ohio State, Tennessee, or Georgia. Don't they have a better resume win-loss-wise than Bama? Uh, they, you can try and make that argument, sure. Do the you, loss is worse, but they have a better win than anything Alabama They has. do. The win over UCLA is better than any, anything on Alabama's resume. Also, my eye test would just say, I think Oregon's better than Clemson. I don't think Clemson's great. I agree with you there. I would take Oregon to beat Clemson probably on a neutral field right now. Do you think the committee's going to do that, though? Or are they going to rank them ahead of either an undefeated, you know, Power 5 team in Clemson mm. or rank them ahead of Alabama? Dave Bartu's pretty good <laughs> at explaining this stuff, but I'll say this. We're what 2014 was the first year, correct? 2014 was so the first year. we're just under a decade of this existing. Yes, it's year eight. Do you still feel like it's very inconsistent the yes. way that, the, yeah, I don't feel like I, I know that, and Bartu has highlighted like the ways in which what they look for, but I still feel like they go off eye test. <laughs> I mean, you had this literally last year where you had for a time before Oregon ended up getting demolished by Utah, you had them in Ohio State, and that was the debate. Because Oregon had beaten Ohio State, but they mm-hmm. lost to Stanford, and the Stanford loss was horrible. But you had to head-to-head. They, they played, and Oregon won that game. And the committee valued the head-to-head over Ohio State. And then later on in the year, or a week or two later, you had Michigan play Michigan State, and they wanted to rank Michigan ahead of Michigan State, even though Michigan lost to Michigan State. That's right. And so you were saying head-to-head matters in one case, but it doesn't matter in the other case. Yeah. Like This is where it's, it's, just, it's so difficult. And this is, why, this is why having a 14 playoff is dumb, because everybody plays a different schedule. Everybody has different opponents, right? Some teams don't play road games or don't play true non-conference games. Like Everybody has a different set to get here, and it's really hard to analyze and evaluate. What's more important to you, eyeball tests or resume? 
Eyeball test tells me that Oregon's probably better than TCU and Clemson, but resume-wise, they're undefeated. So don't you have to give that the benefit of the doubt? Boy, TC, could you imagine that passing attack against Oregon secondary, it'd though? Be, that could be a good game. It would be an incredibly fun game. I would love that. This is why we need an expanded playoff. Give me that game at TCU or in Eugene at the end of the season. It'd be yeah. awesome. I want to see how that game plays out. Well, and, and some folks are, you know, yelling and arguing that if you have expanded playoff this weekend's Tennessee-Georgia game is less than, and I'm just like, we no. never do that in the NFL. No, I, I, I hate that argument. Yeah, I, I saw um, that, and it's... If, if you have home field advantage or first round buys and those are important for teams, which they obviously are, there's still a ton on the line and we would watch every second of this game. So does, does top eight make you think there's a shot or no? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a shot. I don't think it's likely because one Oregon's going to have to win out and we've never seen anybody go undefeated in Pac-12 play in the regular season. And so Oregon, that's the challenge for you again, after losing your opener, you got to get through, I mean, Colorado's easy, but then Washington, Utah, and Oregon State. Utah and Oregon State are going to be uh, really tough games to end your season. But you also need a lot of dominoes to fall. Like, you can't have the disaster scenario play out where Georgia beats Tennessee and then Alabama beats Georgia, and they all have one loss at the end of the season because I genuinely don't see how all three of those teams get into the playoff. Uh, you would need, you know, on Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson, somebody to lose a game on top of or, or the rivalry game between Ohio State and Michigan. TCU can't win out. Like, you, you need a lot of things to go in your direction. Uh, but the beautiful part about college football is craziness usually ensues in the last month. And this stuff usually takes care of itself where you fret about how do you get ahead of this team or how's this team ranked here. And then these things end up settling themselves on the field. It's, it's going to be hilarious, though, if TCU, and I think if you look at TCU's schedule, I know they have Baylor at some point. They've beaten, I think, five straight ranked teams when they play T- them. TCU has the strongest resume. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma and Kansas aren't necessarily good wins anymore at the time they but, were. And, and that's the other part that is, I hate is, like, who's currently ranked versus when you beat them. Like, I always forget. I think it's the, are they still ranked? And if they're not, it doesn't count as a top 25 win. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's reverse on that. But because of preseason polls, I don't mind going the route of, are they still ranked? That's how I would count it. Because you get a lot of, the, like, Texas, beating but, Texas A&M in their early season was beating a top 10 team. But they, and say what you want you about where that as a top 10 win. Well, but say what you want about the program and where they're at going into Kansas when they played Kansas is a pretty damn good win for TCU. But now Kansas has kind of fallen out and they're having a good year. But They've lost three in a row. Yeah. But, you know, the Kansas. But you sure you beat Kansas at their peak. You, yeah, you you did. They might go six and six this year. That's a good season for Kansas. Don't undersell that. It being a good that year is, for Kansas. That's my, the tough part. My, my point. My point is though, like if you were looking and play the schedule game, and we this is what we do here is we get way too far ahead of ourselves because the rankings are here and now. What is the committee to do if if TCU and Clemson run the table? You have to put them in. Yeah, but if they run it, the table and win their conference championship. There is not an argument. There's not an argument for Tennessee. There's not an argument for Bama. There's not an <laughs> argument for Georgia if neither one of those three schools win the SEC title. There just isn't. In any reasonable argument, there's not an argument. TCU going undefeated and winning a conference is playoff worthy. Clemson, as much as I don't think they're good, going undefeated and winning their conference, that's the recipe. I tend to agree with you, but do I think it'll happen? No. You really don't think if TCU and Clemson run the table? Well, it depends on what else you have because you legitimately might have an undefeated Ohio State or Michigan well, at the end of the Tennessee season. let's say Tennessee beats Georgia and then Bama beats Tennessee in the SEC title game. <laughs> so there's your nightmare scenario in the SEC where Bama had a loss to Tennessee, but they re, re, 
revenged that loss in they the did. SEC championship, but that was Tennessee's first loss of the year, and Georgia finished with only one loss, but a win of 46 points or more against Oregon and probably a couple other ranked opponents that they beat along the way. There's your nightmare scenario, but it does not top for Tennessee or Georgia going undefeated and winning the Power Five. That's where I will push back and say the committee will have no choice but to either crown the Big Ten champion, <laughs> Ohio State, Michigan, yeah, the SEC champion, in that scenario, Bama, uh-huh. And then you have to give those two spots to Clemson TCU. So like, you would you would get uh, Tennessee out if they didn't win the national champion or they didn't win the SEC championship. If Clemson and TCU go undefeated and win the Big Twelve, and Tennessee's, the ACC, only, Tennessee's only loss on the year is in the SEC championship game to Alabama. You think the committee leaves I'm, them out? I'm sorry, this is why four is dumb. You're this playing by you play by those rules. It's unfair to Tennessee. <laughs> I would think Tennessee's the best, one of the best four teams in the country. But I agree with everything you're saying. You're just giving the committee a lot of. You're, you're giving them the benefit of the doubt. We've seen them put an Alabama team in the in the college football playoff that didn't win their own division, but not over an undefeated Power Five sure. champion. And I don't think that's going to happen. That's the I, precedent. I that mean, yeah. well, Clemson, who's Clemson losing to? I mean, they 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 could lose to Notre Dame this weekend. Laugh at that all you want. No, their offense, that's a good point. They yeah. damn near lost to Syracuse, and Syracuse you're sucks. Right. Like, you're let's too, stop touche. acting like Syracuse is good. I don't think Clemson's a dominant. A team or in this conversation with the top three or four in the Touché. country. Okay. And we do this a lot where it's like, well, what if this team goes undefeated this I team know. and then TCU and loses do. and Clemson yeah. loses yeah. and somebody else loses. You're right. Uh, but in your, to the larger point, I would if that happened, that scenario, I agree with you 100%. I just don't think it'll happen. So top eight, you give Oregon a shot. I just, I think they're going to be ranked eighth tonight. I okay. would be shocked if they're higher than that. And I don't know how you put anybody else behind them ahead of them, if that makes sense. So they should be number eight. And yeah, I mean, you got a puncher's chance. You got to win out and you need a lot, a lot of help, but you got a puncher's chance. Brandon Marcello covers college football for 24 seven nationally. What does he think of Brian Harson being fired? Some favorites for the Auburn gig. Are they already eyeing a man in Eugene, Oregon? I see duck fan already worried about this. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on the college football playoff rankings, the ducks themselves, the PAC 12, all of that. Brandon Marcello joins us for the daily ticker. And don't forget mail sack at eight 15, Brandon Marcello next. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about, and some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Sprague is brought to you by Pelican Brewing, born at the beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Tuesday. Brought to you in the fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born at the beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. Got some big news in college football yesterday, and there's a lot to discuss around the sport. And we thought, let's get our buddy Brandon Marcello on of 24-7 Sports at Marcello on Twitter. Go give him a follow. Brandon, good morning to you. Uh, I'll start the Brian Harson news yesterday. I didn't really catch many by surprise. Uh, just your reaction to it and his short-lived tenure down there at Auburn. Yeah, terrible fit from the get-go came in, said he had a blueprint for how to get a program going, get it back going. Problem is, he was muddied. He never quite communicated it to his players. No one quite understood what exactly his process was. Plus, um, his recruiting plan was an absolute disaster. One of the worst, if not the worst, in the SEC. Some coaches not even going on the road to recruit when they were available to do so. Not a clear plan there. Their recruiting was absolutely atrocious. The worst they've had there in the modern recruiting era, we're going back to, say, 1996-98 when recruiting rankings became a thing. And you couple that, of course, with the absolute tragedy that was their records and games here over the, his first two seasons. The way he cornered himself uh, in his office, would not take feedback from people, refused to learn about Auburn, refused to communicate with Auburn alums and administrators. It was just a terrible fit, and the guy is going to get a $15 million payday for really doing nothing and potentially <laughs> cratering a program. So you or I could have went in there, and I'm not kidding you, probably done as just as good, if not better job than him, but he's the one who's going to get $15 million. Yeah, it's a life I wish I would have lived. I wish I would have thought about my career a little bit harder than that because that's the best job in sports is a fire We're in the wrong line of work, man. Yeah, wrong line of work. It's, it's tough. Let me let me ask you about that. So, you know, I think a lot of people, they see him fire horse and nobody's surprised, but it's, oh, look at Auburn. Auburn's doing it again. The, the thing that goes under the radar is they hired a new athletic director. I believe they stole him from Mississippi State. So I guess I'll ask you. Uh, what we know about this guy, and then also just who did they turn down to go get Brian Harson? Like, was there a name they said no thanks when they hired Harson instead and took Harson? And now you look back and go, why? Why would you have ever done that? You know, there's only a couple of coaches that they kind of turned down or turned down the idea of hiring that were interested, and that was defensive coordinator Kevin Steele at the time at Auburn, who had last been a head coach at Baylor in the late '90s when they were absolutely terrible. He wanted the head coaching gig. Uh, there was a push for him for some boosters. That didn't happen. And then uh, Bill Clark at UAB. Um, and that didn't fly very much with some Auburn alums and everything. Um, when it comes to the AD, John Cover, Mississippi State, I know him very well. I actually used to be a beat writer covering Mississippi State back in the early 2010s. 
And um, he was a baseball coach there at the time, but he was heavily involved in the administration. He was, in a lot of ways, Scott Strickland, the AD at the time. He's now at Florida as the AD. He was his right-hand man. And as early as 2011, was involved in coaching searches. In fact, he was one of the ears that Scott Strickland bent quite a bit. And I know Cohen was in the room for several head coaching candidates' interviews for their major sports, including basketball. So he's very much uh, a guy with an administrative mind. He's very bright. He's one of the smartest people I've ever had the pleasure of dealing with in this industry mm-hmm. uh, just from his perspective on things, his problem-solving skills. And, um, listen, Auburn wanted someone with SEC experience that knew how to make some hard decisions and difficult decisions, and they went after John Cohen. Um, they had went after Arkansas's athletics director, Hunter Juracek, and he got a big pay raise out of Arkansas worth $2 million a year and turned them down at Auburn. And so they moved on to Cohen and uh, kind of fit that criteria they're looking for. Interesting. We're talking about Brandon Marcello, 24-7 sports at Marcello on Twitter. Uh, go give him a follow. I, I guess two-parter for you on this, uh, the last one on the Auburn situation. I, I, and I don't follow it as closely as you do, obviously, in the recruiting and all that. I, I, the, the Gus Malzahn thing, I never really understood. I thought he was a good coach. I think he only had two years there where he won less than eight games. So I guess my, my question would be, one, what, like, what are the expectations that will make Auburn fan happy? Like, what level does the program have to get to where they feel like they're satisfied with the way that they're winning? And then on top of that, what, what are some of the names that are standing out or, you know, the early coaching carousel uh, shout-outs that you're hearing that make some sense? You know, Auburn is the 13th most successful program in college football history, but they've only had back-to-back double-digit win seasons, 10 wins or more, once in their entire history. South Carolina and Arkansas in the SEC have more instances of that, and they're much less successful and do not have national championships as recently as Auburn does. So they want to get to a point where they're winning 10 games more often than not, and, of course, getting into the playoff and competing for an SEC championship once every three to four years, which is kind of what Gus Malzahn was doing at least halfway. He was getting them to the SEC championship games and in contention once every three to four years, and they played in two and won one. Um, But they want to win more games every year. So who do you go after to do that? Well, they also need a way that – college football has changed they need someone who can be an nil king and a transfer portal king and so my sourcing told me yesterday early on from those around auburn and those close to john cohen that their number one priority right now going into this search is lane kiffin at ole miss and it's someone they will go they will go after and see if that will be a you know a logical it's not it's a logical choice for auburn but one that they, if they think could be one that could work out, that he'd be willing to leave Ole Miss after the regular season. Um, other names include Hugh Freeze, but I think it's going to be a tougher sell amongst some Auburn alums right now. Um, Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator right now at Baylor. Matt Rule is one of the Carolina Panthers that is not going to get much play in the Auburn circles, but certainly someone uh, to watch potentially there. Um, and then there's just – kind of the usual names you're seeing elsewhere with some other jobs that could potentially be in there. But I can tell you right now, their number one priority is looking at someone like Lane Kiffin.
So no Dan Lanning. Duck fan can breathe easy right now. So that's good news. Everybody freaks out out here when the name comes up. Uh, or... Hey, you hey, you never know. Got <laughs> Damn it, Brandon. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you had to do it, didn't you? Uh, all right. Let, let me ask you this. We got the college football playoff rankings tonight. Um, I, 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 can I ask you an Oregon-based question? Throw UNC, USC in there as well. They got one loss. Obviously, Oregon's loss is well-known at this point. Do either of these schools in the Pac-12, does the Pac-12 have a shot? Is there a path in your mind for the Pac-12, whether Oregon or USC, if they can run through their regular season schedule and get their conference title with one loss? Is there a path for you to see either one of those programs in the playoff? Yes, Um, and especially for Oregon, as crazy as that sounds, considering they lost by 46 to Georgia, if Georgia were to win out and Oregon were to win out and do so impressively, I think they've got a shot to get in there because I don't think the Big 12 is going to get a team in there unless TCU just runs the table. I think even a one-loss TCU would potentially be below a one-loss Oregon. Now, of course, Oregon needs USC to continue to win and even Utah to continue to win right now. When it comes to actually poll time, I'm interested to see here early, and Oregon fans should pay attention, Pac-12 fans should pay attention to this, the AP poll, I don't understand why USC is ranked as high as they are And, in fact, they're above UCLA. And when you compare their resumes, there's really no comparison there. USC doesn't own any wins against any teams that were ranked at the time they played them. And they have struggled in some games that maybe they should not have. I think we've fallen in love with the name brand, but also more the names of the individual talents, including Caleb Williams, Mario Williams, and Travis Dye. Oregon has a more impressive resume. They play more consistently lately and they have more wins against top 25 teams when they played them. Oregon, of course, should be above USC, but UCLA should also be above USC. I don't understand USC being number nine in the AP poll. I'm interested to see where the playoff committee puts the Trojans tonight if they agree with the AP voters. I don't think they will. I think they'll be in the top 15, but they should not be in the top 10. Those are some interesting things that I think Pac-12 fans should look at tonight. Yeah, I agree with you 100% there. you got a common opponent too, right? UCLA beats Utah, Utah beats yep. USC. And a great, you know, one was at home, one was on the road. But still, that's, that's kind of a, should be an important determining factor on how you rank teams. I'm going to throw a random, I just, we had a listener to bring, the, uh, bring this up, and I was curious about it, your thoughts. How would you feel if your program hired Deion Sanders? Mm. I Listen, I, and I've been saying this for the better part of the last year. He is an incredible CEO. I think he does an incredible job delegating responsibilities to people he trusts, and he has done a good job of hiring assistant coaches with incredibly low resources at Jackson State when it comes to salary pool and, of course, just facilities. Mm -hmm. We all know his recruiting shops and all that stuff, but the fact that he's been able to get the type of staff he has there and they've been as consistent as they have been, add all that, to, of course, the flash that is his, his name, the branding, and the notoriety, and the attention he gets from that. People don't talk about what he can do as a CEO-type coach, and I think that is incredibly underrated. And what he's done at Jackson State, just building and developing that staff and players, uh, has been elite. And I think he will be a very, very good Power 5 head coach and will make an immediate impact, of course, through the transfer portal, uh, no matter where he lands. Wow. You like Tennessee or Georgia this weekend? I'm going to go with Georgia. I, I do think Tennessee 
uh, is going to cover that. I think it's going to be back and forth in the in the second half, but I think Georgia is going to force some turnovers in that game. Tennessee has not been turning the ball over, but Georgia they kind of feed off that. I, I think Georgia is going to force them into some mistakes in the second half. Yeah, it's going to be a great game. Can't wait. Brandon Marcello at 24-7 Sports. Go give him a follow on Twitter at uh, Marcello. We always appreciate the time. Love talking college football with you. Hopefully we can do it again soon. Thanks as always, man. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. There you go. Brandon Marcello. Good stuff from him on Auburn, where they're going. And I uh, said the, old lane, the lane train is going to be the number one candidate for Auburn. Uh, yeah. And Would you leave Ole Miss for Auburn? Well, I, I guess that I saw this yesterday from him, and I wanted to get him on and talk about that and many other things. I is that, is that an upgrade in job? I, I don't already know. established Ole Miss is a good program. I You did a poll question last night. and I, I want to get to that next. Okay, all right. We'll get to that. But I find the Ole Miss-Auburn thing like interesting. Like, yeah, one has a title and one doesn't. But like, if you've already established one, yeah. there's a Big 12 coach dealing with this. And he's being rumored to a Big 10 job. And I'm like, is that an upgrade? Uh, you've established a program and you're going to go to one that's lesser than because – once upon a time, they had history. Like, <laughs> I just never know how to gauge the job market of these jobs because I'm a sports fan. I'm viewing yeah. them through a different lens. But I, I guess Lane may view Auburn as an upgrade to Ole Miss. There's one determining factor there that I've seen a lot of people write about. So we'll dive into that next. Also, a poll question asking, uh, which of these four openings would you take? If you were offered all four jobs, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Arizona State, or Auburn. Which one do you take? We'll let you know the results on that so far. Talk a little college football on Auburn. Firing Brian, uh, Brian Harson. That's next on The Fam. All right, welcome back in. 7.51 here on a Tuesday. Uh, get your mail sack questions in to the old text line, 503-250-1080. The, I guess, still text line. That would line. be the current and current. existing yeah. text line. So uh, we told you yesterday about 8,000 times we're tra- uh, changing numbers today. and yeah. uh, that that's, We'll get there. It's, it's not happening. We'll get there. Yet. When? Who knows? Not yet. <laughs> so, if you want to text your mail sack questions in, we'd love to hear from you at 503-250-1080. That still works. <sighs> okay. Uh, i got a couple other things I want to get to top of the hour. Uh, let's talk about this coaching situation, though. So, Brian Harson gets turfed at Auburn yesterday. The funny thing about this, I don't know if you guys saw this, there's a reporter that covers Auburn football. It, it made me kind of think of the, the beef that, that you and I had with Cristobal at times. Where the, a guy wrote a column about Auburn and the way that they were playing and was very critical of them because Auburn's three and five. Like they stink this year. They're one and four in the SEC. It's awful. Uh, they're, they're on the brink of another five game losing streak, and that doesn't happen very often in Auburn football. And Brian Harson called this reporter in. He was like, I'm very disappointed in you. And he want, wanted to have a meeting with him, a face to face, to sit down with him and talk to him about how he's being disrespectful to the program. And the writer tweeted, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he tweeted basically, so I got a call from Harson. He wanted me to come in the office. I thought, ah, what the hell? This guy's probably going to get fired, so I'll humor him and go sit down and have this meeting. And as he was driving to the facility, he got the news update on his phone that Brian Harson got fired. <laughs> and he said he turned around, drove home, and started working on his Brian Harson was fired story. And I quite, I got a good chuckle out of that. As somebody who has had a phone call in that capacity, yeah, yeah. Uh, not from a coach, but I got one from, from a sp- program, some sports information directors. I, I've been on the other end of that phone call, and I was a lot younger than this person was it's not fun did he do this at boise state i don't remember this at boise state i don't remember anything about get mad about well he didn't lose at boise state that's the thing well yeah i know they lost like one or two games at most because he took over a great program he might be a good coach right but he might just be better served coaching at a lesser level he was 69 and 19 at boise state that's pretty remarkable 
Uh, and then the off-season storyline of did he hire an individual to follow <laughs> him from Boise to Auburn and give that person a job? And He was attractive. Well, people were circulating. We still don't even know if that was a true story. I don't think it was, but it, it, it was rampant because Auburn fan wanted to get rid of him. They were 6-7 yeah. and seven last year, and they had fired a coach who was relatively successful to but try it, and upgrade, and it was not an upgrade. Yeah, but, like, it was a really odd hire. And then I asked Marcelo, because I'd forgotten about the Auburn hiring process, like, Kevin Steele? Uh, and I even forgot the other name that he just mentioned. Uh, a guy uh, like UAB Grimes. Guy or something. UAB. Uh, Grimes or, or the, you know, Clark, Bill Clark. Yeah. Like, those were your options, Brian Harson, Kevin Steele, and Bill Clark? There was nobody else that was like, yeah, Auburn, I want that gig. Which lends the question you asked for the break. Lane Kiffin might be the number one, and, and money's the end-all be-all for these dudes. We know that now. Uh, but, like, if you're Lane, you want to leave the Grove? You want to leave Ole Miss for Auburn? So the biggest Why? determining factor, it sounds like, I was reading some stuff on this yesterday, for head coaches and where they're going to go. And the only thing that I would say why would you want to leave is what is one of the few things that Lane Kiffin, not few, he's very vocal about a lot of stuff, but he's been very vocal on the issue of name, image, and likeness and and collective pooling of money and resources. So you think Auburn's got more resources? I don't know that. I just, that would be, if you're asking why would you leave, he has been very vocal about we need to be more ahead of this at Ole Miss. We need to have more money. Texas A&M's buying all these players. We can't compete. We're losing recruits because of it. And so if Auburn comes at you with an offer saying, hey, you're going to have X amount in NIL money to spend every offseason, is that in the new era of college football? Because yeah. I agree with everything you're saying on the surface. I don't think Auburn's a better job than Ole Miss just in terms of coaching. He's built up Ole Miss to be a good team. They're going to probably win 10 games again this year. They had a good year last year. Like Things are going in the right direction for them. But if they say, hey, here's an extra $25 million a year for your recruiting class, well, and I also think about how many better players Well, my only get. question, yeah. back to your poll question on those four jobs that you listed, uh, is, is the Big Ten keeping – the divisions? No, they're le- they're losing them. Oh, okay. Eventually, because if they were keeping the divisions, I would say Wisconsin all is the easiest path to a conference title game of all of those to to get yourself. And yes, yes the the playoffs can expand, so maybe that doesn't matter anymore. But if they were keeping the divisions, Wisconsin is the easiest path to playing for a conference title game on a regular basis. I voted for Arizona State. It's the least amount of expectation. I see, and I I took that route, but I went Nebraska because I think if you got Nebraska to eight wins, they'd they'd, they'd build you a statue. Yeah. We're well, gonna we're gonna differ here. I, I know. Di- I just I think the minute you win eight games, the expectation is right out the window, and now you better be winning eight to ten. Yeah, I, and if you don't, you're coming up short. Every that, program is that to a certain extent. If you not get, every program, if you not get to like ASU that. and you win eight games, eight games, eight yeah, games, eight games, they're but, gonna say why have you plateaued. But there's nobody there. Like, Wisconsin just fired a coach that was winning eight games every year. Yes. It's an expectation. Nebraska sells out their stadium every weekend. They've been irrelevant for like seven years. Like, I, I just, I think when you go to programs with expectations, expectations can be good and they can be the death of your, of your, of your program. And fair or not, like, you win eight at Nebraska in year two, great, here we go. Guess who's going to start buying that they're going to a Big Ten title game? Nebraska. Arizona State, you win eight, nine games. They're going to be like, cool. You win seven, eh, eight. Hey, there's no support there compared to those other programs. Wisconsin would be dealing with this a little bit because of the division, but Nebraska's the biggest. What was the other one? Is Nebraska, Auburn, Wisconsin. Auburn. I mean, Auburn is psychotic. Uh, Auburn thinks they should be winning the SEC. They're going to spend $37 
million dollars in buyouts. So, like, the collective might have more money than that, but, I mean, that's a lot of buyout money, man. $37 million? I took the road less traveled. <laughs> I took ASU. I don't even know if you can win at ASU. We keep thinking you can, and then coaches go in there and then don't. It's a sleeping giant, man. But it's the least expectations of all those programs. Somebody said these guys are built different. They aren't trying to go somewhere with less expectations. They aren't trying to do local sports, PDX, radio. Uh, I mean, you're not wrong. I, I don't think that's a determining factor. I'm arguing it should be a determining factor. I, I would not. Was I, that a shot at us take doing sports radio in Portland? I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't touch the Auburn job with a 10-foot pole. You could offer me whatever you mm. want. I'm not go, I've said this for years. I would not go anywhere near that job until Nick Saban retires because you were judged on your ability. As Brandon just told us, you need to compete for SEC title games and national titles every couple of years. And you have to do, to, in order to do that, what do you have to do? Yeah. You have to beat Alabama. How many teams can beat Alabama? How many games but, has Nick Saban lost in the last 10 years? And you have to play them on your schedule. They're in your division. They're your rival. That's how you're judged is can you hang with Nick freaking Saban? I'm well, not going anywhere near that job. But if you made the playoff in an expanded world, I don't, I think you can lose to Nick Saban and still do that. And Nick Saban is 70. So like maybe Nick Saban will be there for another decade. Sure. Maybe when he retires, he I'll go take that Auburn job. Well, but if you take it now, you're getting ahead of the expansion of the playoff, and you can lose two games and still make the playoff. It's not like you can't win 10 games at Auburn. If you're the right coach, you can probably make it work, but you can't forget about LSU, and you can't forget about Georgia, and maybe Florida will get it going in Napier at some point. And, you know, I mean, like, there's a lot of programs in the SEC that, that are already, like, established, or they could be established as well. Mm-hmm. And I get what that listener's saying. It's not about taking a job out of fear. I'm just saying, I just don't know if I want people breathing down my neck. Like Josh Pate tweeted Chip Kelly on this. Chip Kelly wants to leave UCLA for Auburn so he can have boosters screaming down his neck in year one after every game. He just got a contract extension for not being very good. Right. <laughs> right. That doesn't happen at Auburn. Right. Uh, I want, well, I'll update you on the results of this poll question. I want to talk a little bit more about this. A couple other notes in the college football world. We'll get to the mail sack coming up at uh, 815. Was last night a miracle for Major League Baseball? We've got to dive into that because that game got rained out. Uh, we got <laughs> Championship to to. game rained out. You're asking if it was a miracle I do, it wasn't I played. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, we'll get to that. It is a loaded final hour. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Spring on 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 